Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary. I'm doing something a little bit different today. I'm recording this not in my usual audio-only recording software. I'm recording recording it in a video platform that I use when I record remote podcast interviews for my other podcast, The Science of Light. So what that means, I'm doing that because for the members... For the sign-by-sign Yogi Scope that's going to go up for the members at the same time that this public podcast releases, um, they will have a video with, um, it'll show the same chart software that I use to make when I do astrology readings and that I use to see all of this stuff and make my predictions and all the things that I do that have this fancy Vedic astrology software. And so I think it will help with the sign by sign because this one's a little complex because it's happening over two signs. So it's starting, the Venus retrograde is starting in Capricorn where it is right now. And then it's retrograding back into Sagittarius. So um, I'm a visual person and I feel like it helps me to have the visuals. So I'll be explaining it to the members. They're sign by sign with the visuals, which means they'll also get a little bit of a bonus lesson. So if you're a member and you're tuning in on the public podcast, I'm actually going to upload this whole thing with the video from the very beginning. Um, So you can just switch over there if you'd like to and have this, or you can switch over and just look for the exact same timestamp that this podcast ends and jump in on the membership platform at that timestamp. I'll try to um, include it in the notes, but um, I just say that because because I am so visual, and right now I have the screen right in front of me. Um, it's I might say something without meaning to that would make more sense if you had the visuals. So it is also my intention to upload the public podcast portion to YouTube as well. But just know that I don't use YouTube like at all, but I've been meaning to start. Um, so this might be a bumpy process cause it's something I'm starting now. I think it'll be good once I get the kinks worked out. Um, you know, logistically I always like, I'm not super bad at tech, but it always, there's always a monkey wrench thrown in it somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it never goes as smoothly as I think it will or think it should. So Just with that said, bear with me if you are listening to the audio only on the public podcast. It's not going to go up at the exact same instant that the audio does, but um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'll probably put it there once I do put it up. So if you are seeing the video, welcome to my home office. Uh, If not, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super glad that you're here. Today's episode is totally about Venus retrograde because there are other things happening in the cosmos this week. I mean, actually the winter solstice is tomorrow as I'm recording this, but I kind of covered that on last week's episode about the full moon because I feel like those things were more related. Um, Mercury is changing, nakshatras, lunar mansions. Um, So not a whole lot of big deals as, as big of an event as Venus retrograde. And because this retrograde is lasting, it's actually 40 days and 40 nights. It takes six weeks. That's how long um, a Venus retrograde happens for, um, about every 18 months this happens. And, um, so we'll get more into that in a second, but because it's kind of a long one and Venus represents areas of life that are very, very important to most of us, 
Um, I figured this would be a really good thing to just spend, devote an entire episode of focusing on. So Venus in Sanskrit um, is actually called Shukra, which I don't know about you all, but what does that sound like? It reminds me of like the root word for sweet or sugar, like Sukra, S-U-R-C-R-E. Um, or like, you know, sucralose, if you think about that, it's like, it's sweet. It's things that bring sweetness in life. So Venus is said to be the goddess of love, marriage, beauty, comforts, um, like luxury, abundance. Also comma, if you remember the four aims of life episode I did on the science of light, or you could go back and listen to it. It's, uh, really related to what the Dharma worksheet is on my website. Um, comma is one of the four aims of life and it represents your passion, your desire, your pleasure. Um, and it also, so it's also the significator for marriage, um, and relationships. So all those things are a pretty big deal. Like most of us want to have some comfort in this lifetime and, um, have relationships with people like none of us really exist on an island as much as some of us may like to. It makes me think of that um, Simon and Garfunkel song, I Am a Rock. I am an island. You know that song? Okay, so it's like kind of funny. I actually have put it in a yoga class before because it's, the song is, it's like, I guess serious. They're talking about I'm a rock, I'm an island, I don't need anyone. But I think it's like satire in that, of course you need people. We all need people. We all need relationships, no matter what those relationships look like. So technically, Venus governs over like intimate partner relationships. But um, I think, in my opinion, I take it as a another significator of how we relate to people in general, which can refer also to our... Um, friendships are just anybody that's intimate in our lives. And we all need people like that. We all need people we can be vulnerable with, right? And if we don't have that, it kind of sucks. It's kind of hard. So with that in mind, actually, over the next few weeks on over on the Science of Light, I have um, a lot of episodes coming up from like female healers, so, because it also has to do with women's issues um, and things like that, you know, femininity. It is the karka of, like, relationship, which means significator. That's the Sanskrit word, karka, um, of relationship and also femininity. So, I have a lot of episodes coming up. I'm super excited about interviews that have already been recorded or ready to go out over the coming weeks. I might put out a couple other bonus episodes too, because I have a lot of thoughts around what it means to exist in community and, you know, ideas about how to navigate that in kind of a yogic way, because it's not, um, it's not always very easy. And sometimes it seems easier to just isolate ourselves and kind of cut off from, community, but I think it's something really important. And so what I'm getting at with that tangent is that, um, Venus retrograde is a time to rethink all of that, to revisit, revise, rethink, um, kind of restructure, reorganize all of the things I mentioned in the past few minutes, like love and how we relate to people, our marriage, beauty, our relationships with luxury and comfort. Um, also, so Venus is identified with Lakshmi, the deity of abundance. So thinking about our relationship with abundance, do we have a mindset of abundance or, or maybe we have too much of a mindset of abundance where we're like overindulging? I'm getting more into that because I also think that um, that overindulgence piece might become a little bit more poignant once Venus moves into Sagittarius. So like I said, it's retrograde in Capricorn right now, and it will retrograde back into 
Sagittarius, I believe on the 29th, um, yeah, of December. So it went retrograde yesterday as I'm recording this on Monday, December 20th. It went retrograde on the 19th. It actually stationed, like from our perspective, it stopped moving on the 18th, right around the time of the full moon. It was in the evening. Um, and then it actually appeared to start moving backwards on the 19th. So that's when the retrograde technically started and then it will be retrograding through Capricorn until the 29th. And then on the 29th is when it retrogrades back into Venus and then it'll be retrograding in, back into Venus, back into Sagittarius. It will be retrograding through Sagittarius, um, all the way until January 29th and then it goes direct and it'll still be in Sagittarius. It'll have to go all that distance back over Sagittarius. Um, I don't actually have right in front of me the date that it moves back into Capricorn, but it doesn't move out of Capricorn until March. So like into Aquarius. So all of that is to say that basically these energies that I'm about to discuss what they are, are going to be kind of lessons we'll have to be revisiting and implementing in our lives until March is what I'm saying, was what I'm getting at. And so take with that what you will. Um, yeah, y'all get to sit with all my awkward pauses and ums while I form my next thought, which I normally just pause the recording in my audio only software um, and pick back up again when I've recollected myself because I'm really scatterbrained as I've been discussing. I think on, I think I've said it here, but also on my other podcast, The Science of Light, pregnancy is an increased Vata time. So it makes me a little scatterbrained and I'm already, already have a lot of air in my chart, a lot of air in my head. <laughs> so just because I'm scatterbrained doesn't mean I'm smart or not smart. <laughs> so Anyway, that's actually, so another tangent, we're going to talk about Kapha season on Science of Light. I'm recording that episode right after I record this one, or actually right after I put this one out, because that one's not going out until tomorrow. Um, so I'll put this one out and then record that one. And we'll talk more about um, the Ayurveda stuff that I keep mentioning. So if that doesn't make any sense to you, Make sure you go over and hit subscribe so you get a notification when that episode drops on the Science of Light. So, back to Venus. It is retrograde for six weeks. I just kind of explained to you the period. And then also keeping in mind that while it's retrograde, when a retrograde happens, it distorts the energy of the planet. So, it can either make it... I've seen it go both ways and it kind of depends on some other factors in your chart whether it diminishes the normal energy of that planet and makes it show up less in your life or it distorts it to the extreme where you're having like a lot of Venus energy. So it can go either way. It's not like it just distorts it. Like weird stuff happens in relation to whatever that planet governs over, perhaps wherever that planet is in your birth chart or wherever it's transiting in your birth chart. So FYI, we can look at where it's transiting versus where it is in your actual birth chart, that would be the kind of thing we would do in a reading. Um, but in the membership, when I do the sign by sign, or also I yesterday posted something on my Instagram that was like affirmations based on your sign, that's based on where it's transiting. So where it's hitting, where it is in the sky right now, where that hits on your birth chart is how I come up with those things. And that's generally where where you'll feel the most effects, but you could also look at where it is in your birth chart to get a little bit more insight. And that's the kind of stuff you could do it yourself. If you like know how to navigate your way around a birth chart that much, please do. Or that's totally something we could cover in a reading if you wanted to book one of those. And FYI, after next week, reading prices are going up. You don't have to book it before next week. Like it doesn't have to happen but you have to purchase it and then book it sometime before March, unless you want to wait until after I come back from maternity leave in May or so, because I'll be closing my one-on-one -on -one appointments for that whole time because 
having a newborn is just, you just can't, I wouldn't do that to you. It would be very unprofessional of me to try and have, to try and be fully present for you while I'm with a newborn. Anyway, I'm so on tangents today and I can't like just stop and cut it out. I could cut it out, but I'm not going to. Um, so thanks for bearing with me. Um, so this retrograde happens every 18 months, but every eight years it comes back to, it like completes a cycle. So the last time Venus was retrograding through Capricorn and Sagittarius was this time of year in 2014 to 2014, 2013 to 14. Um, so like right now it's, we're going 21 to 22, December to January, same time of year, 2013 transferring into 2014. So you might revisit some lessons from that time, perhaps even somebody that was like a love interest or something from that time of your life might pop back up. Like you run into them in public or they find you on social media or whatever. Like you somehow hear of them again. Um, or maybe you're still with that person and then that's awesome. Congrats. Um, but so you might also kind of look back at the kind of lessons you were going through related to love and relationship or even creativity and luxury, your relationship to creativity, luxury, abundance, those kind of things at that time. And so this is super interesting. Venus makes a, a, a rose flower in the sky, like its orbit, its pattern of movement traces a rose and it's really pretty. And so I actually have a super interesting episode over on the Science of Light um, called Venus and the Rose Lineage with Amber Brown Short. And that is like, I'll probably repost something about it on social media because that episode super duper well covers all of the kind of like Venus issues. And it's also just really interesting because Amber's really cool. And um, so shouts to Amber if you listen to this. Um, yeah, so you can go back and listen to that to get way more insight into Venus and these cycles and what that could possibly mean for you. Or maybe you just take this at face value and just think about 2013 into 2014. Just if you want more info and resources there, check out that episode. I'll try to remember to link it in the show notes for your ease of finding it. Um, but yeah, so Venus it's completing this like eight year cycle right now. So kind of like I've been talking about in relation to a lot of other astrological events, what karmic lessons are you kind of tying up the loose ends on? This is another opportunity to tie up karmic loose ends on anything related to love, beauty, abundance, marriage, comma, pleasure, seeking pleasure, um, or, or not seeking pleasure, whatever you feel like you need to work through there, this retrograde time is a good time to like really think about that. And the sign by sign horoscopes can help give you a little clue as to what area of life it could be for you. But then so could a reading if you're like really unsure, but maybe, you know, maybe like somewhere deep in your subconscious, I say that and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> like I know what it is I need to do. Um, but even still, sometimes having that like the sign by sign or a reading or, you know, just the astrological validation of it can really help. It, it helps to bring that objective perspective. Um, anyway, so all of these things that I've been talking about might just experience some kind of distortion or it might be a good time to kind of let go of some ways of being around those things that haven't served you well. So um, just some little like notes to be aware of during the retrograde period. Be really careful, especially if you run a business, but just in general with things that um, it's a good time to do a cost benefit analysis for your business or your life. So what are things costing you? What are you spending your money on? 
what is the value you're getting out of that and rethink all of those things. Like it would be a really good time to just go through and cancel subscriptions that aren't serving you so that you have more space and time and money for subscriptions that would be more aligned or to not have subscriptions to spend that money on something else. Um, you know, or what are you spending money on a lot? So it's, it's really like, it's kind of money driven. Um, but you could think of costs in terms of time, resources, energy, what are you spending on and what benefit is that bringing you? And could you bring those things in a little bit more of alignment? If you're, there are some things that you're spending a lot on and it's not bringing you a lot of benefit, this would be the time to rethink that during this transit. But then also um, be really careful when it comes to buying and selling, um, especially things like vehicles and luxury items, bigger assets, fixed assets. Um, I'm not saying don't do it because maybe you're like, uh, this vehicle is costing me a lot of money and I could get a cheaper one or something. Just be a little extra careful. Don't make any impulsive decisions is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, related to those things because you may feel the urge to and just notice that if it happens and sit with it. That's kind of like the whole idea of astrology to me is like just notice the energies at play and make sure you're not being like shoved around against your will, right? Like you're, we're not actually, that's kind of what I'm getting at with all of this stuff is that we're not um, just doomed to play out these cycles. Studying astrology is what gives us the tools to be aware of what cycles are playing out so that we can see how we're responding in those periods of energy and, and choose something different if we so wish or if what we've been choosing works, then we can reinforce that and choose it again so that we can choose it in times where the energy might not be so supportive of making that choice, if it is a good choice for you, is the idea of everything astrological to me, is to just notice the cycles, notice the patterns, notice how we exist and govern ourselves within those patterns and situations and energies, and choose what is going to be the most supportive to the life that we want to live, and not feel so... Um, just jerked around by our circumstances, basically. Um, so also, this can be a really good time for some folks. If it doesn't feel like this for you, we can look into why in your chart. But for a lot of folks, Venus retrograde can actually be a time where you find fresh, fresh inspiration. Because it basically what a retrograde does is it shakes up the usual, in whatever way, like it could be for better or for worse. But, um, if you're feeling a little bit more inspired during this time, like doing something creative or giving yourself an outlet for inspiration, um, is a really good use of this energy. And I'll get more into that in a second because it's actually, that's really related to the Capricorn time while it's in Capricorn and I'll Talk about that in a second. I'm just going through my notes right now. I got some notes of things I want to make sure I say, important things, and I'm just rambling on through them. So um, it, it can also be a time where you feel like, oh my gosh, two people in my life have just gotten bangs. I saw it on their Instagram stories. Venus retrograde makes you want to get bangs. It does, like, okay, maybe not bangs, but like that's... um a good example of it can make you want to shake up something about your appearance. I've actually been sitting here thinking about cutting my hair really short. And if you're seeing the video, my hair is, I don't know why I, I have this line, like if it's past my boobs or not, that's like the line. I decide whether my hair is long and I have almost always, I can think of two times since the eighth grade, actually including the time in the eighth grade, that I have cut my hair short, as in above my boobs, or bra strap, or whatever. Um, and I did it once in 8th grade, and I did it once when my first kid was like 2 months old because he kept getting his hands tangled in my hair. And I've been thinking that since I'm pregnant, I'm like, hmm, 
I'll probably get the mom haircut again is what I call it. It's like something above my shoulders so that my kid can get their fingers tangled in it when they just have those little grabby newborn hands. And literally last night as I was getting in the shower, I was like, what if I just did it now? <laughs> and that is like such an example of Venus retrograde energy. Like you just want to shake up your appearance, um, especially something related to beauty, like getting bangs. Um, and so that can be fine. Like do it if you want to, but my urge to you is to think through it. So like something like this, where I already am planning on getting my hair cut short when I have a kid and it would just be extra convenient to go ahead and do it now. Um, so I'm not trying to navigate finding time to go get a haircut once I have two kids because I've never had two kids before. I've only had one. So that's going to be a challenge. Uh, so uh, that's like one of those things. If it's something you've been thinking about, this is almost with almost like any retrograde or any like when I talk about a tough transit, if you've been thinking about doing it anyway and I say don't do these kind of things during this transit, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who got the idea for it during the transit because what I'm saying is the transit or whatever happening can influence you to have these ideas that you wouldn't have otherwise and you might not be happy with it if you don't think through it to its fullest extent. So don't just go get bangs if you've never thought about getting bangs or whatever. If you've had bangs before and you want to get them again, you like it, or you've been thinking about it for a few weeks before the transit, um, just be careful. Like go to a hairdresser you trust uh, don't do it while your hair is wet. I don't know, like, or if you're thinking about dyeing your hair something crazy or like getting a whole new wardrobe and throwing yours out, like anything related to appearance, if you get the urge to do something drastic, just give it like one extra thought is kind of what I'm saying, basically. Like, I'm not telling you don't do it. I'm just telling you to be aware that that could be an impulse that you have. And I would like it for you if you didn't act on impulse you can, you can have an impulse and then carry it out without acting on impulse is kind of what I'm getting at. And I'm like saying in a lot of ways, but like you can have an impulse and then think through it and then decide you want to do it. Or you can have an impulse and just do it the second that you have it. That's kind of what I'm getting at is take that pause and decide if it's like really aligned for you. And if it is, do it because it can also be a great time. Like actually the two people I've seen that posted about their bangs that they got. I'm like, dang, those bangs look good. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, it can be good. Um, just be careful. Don't do it impulsively. Do it like with intention is what I'm getting at. And then also, okay. So now let's talk about the signs. I was about to get ahead of myself and talk about when it overlaps with Mercury retrograde. And I will talk about that, but it's not until January 15th. So right now I'm going to talk about what the Capricorn energy and versus the Sagittarius energy of this retrograde might mean. Okay, so um, the Capricorn, while Venus is retrograde in Capricorn, that's the time to think about um, your structures. It might bring this extra like dutiful energy to your relationship or relationships or even to your creative endeavors. Um, but while Venus is retrograde through Capricorn, so up until the 29th of December, um, and then also once it goes direct and enters Capricorn again, which if you want to know the date, you can get the planner that I made that I put a lot of love into. It's already available free for members, which is an amazing deal. Um, a lot of value I'm giving to members because I want, that's the only thing I'll be able to focus on while I take a maternity leave. And so I want it to be beneficial for all of us. For people that want to stay plugged into what I do and continue to have guidance and for me to have something manageable that I can focus on so I don't have to quit working altogether, but I don't have to feel like I'm scattered any more than I already will once I have a newborn. Um, so anyway, if you want to know the exact date, it's already in the planner. I just don't have it in front of me and it's not that important. It's in February. Let's worry about December. Right now in January, before we worry about February. So um, while Venus is retrograding through Capricorn, so until the 29th, it will be a good time to think about your structures related to either your relationships, how you relate to people, um, or your creativity. So if you are 
if Venus retrograde happens to manifest in a way for you that feels like creative block, like the, the distortion is to the lower end of your creativity, then while it's retrograding through Capricorn is an excellent time to make some structure for yourself so that um, you don't have to rely on motivation. You can rely on discipline. So I've actually heard a lot of artists say, like I consider myself kind of a creative person, but I'm not like an artist for a living. But people that are, people that are able to make their entire, I listen to a lot of podcasts, y'all. And so I've heard this said by a few different people in some way, shape, or form, people who make their entire living from being an artist. Um, the gist is when asked how they do that is not some stroke of luck. It's not because they were, sometimes they were in the right place at the right time to get their break. But if they are able to sustain that career, it's because they get up and do it every day when they don't fucking feel like it. You know what I mean? It's because they have structure and they don't wait for inspiration to strike before they do something creative. They create environments and times in their life so that inspiration is more likely to strike more often. And that is a good use. That's like a Venus and Capricorn energy right there. Like having structure around like, okay, I'm just going to have this time to sit and be creative, which feels very anti-capitalistic, right? Like I'm just going to sit here and be creative, even though I don't have like a plan or, you know, I'm just going to see what happens. Um, that can be tough. It can feel unproductive, but I promise you it's not, especially if you want to make some kind of living from art or if you're trying to get back into art. Um, actually, this is just a little sneak peek. This is really good for Scorpios rising in moon signs right now. Um, this could be extra poignant for you. Listen to the sign by sign in the membership if you want to know why. Um, but yeah, so creating structure around time for inspiration to strike is going to be more beneficial than just waiting for it to strike and then hoping that you can make your art or do your whatever um, during that time. It's better to create structures so they can happen more often for you. But then also um, Venus and Capricorn, I realized this. I actually mentioned it a, a, probably a couple of podcast episodes ago, but Venus and Capricorn, it always happens at this time of year. And I was like, oh my God, that's why so many people get engaged at the holidays. You know, you know, it's a thing on Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's, um, people get engaged because they're ready to take that next step of adding more structure to their relationship. That is a Venus and Capricorn energy, adding structure to your relationship, having, um, maturity and loyalty and love. That is a very Capricorn expression of Venus energy. So, um, it also on the negative side, because, you know, I always like to point these, these things, these things out because it's not always all good. Um, so watch out for these if you experience it. Um, experiencing a lack of pleasure or just not able to like find pleasure or getting frustrated really easily, especially with your creative processes or your partner or other people in your life that you're trying to relate to. Um, just watch out for those things. That's a Venus and Capricorn expression. And during retrograde, they can get either exacerbated or diminished. So Hopefully for you, only the good things are getting exacerbated and the bad things are getting diminished, but it happens. You know, sometimes we go through tough stuff and I just, like I was talking with a friend about this the other day and it, it feels really validating to me, to us, uh, to know what the energy is going to be like so that we can kind of ride the wave of it, know it's going to be over, um, and have some ideas about how we're going to work with that stuff when it comes up. And so those are all things to keep in mind through the 29th while Venus retrogrades through Capricorn. And then again, those energies will come up in sometime in February when Venus moves back into Capricorn when it's direct because it will then on the on December 29th move back into Sagittarius. And I'm about to tell you about what that energy is going to be like. And then it'll once it goes direct, it has to move back through Sagittarius and then into Capricorn again. So the Sagittarius energy is a little bit more 
extravagant, a little bit more indulgent, a little bit more expansive and visionary-like. Um, so the Capricorn energy, just to reiterate, was it's like dutiful, structured, grounded, loyal, mature, um, traditional. That's why holiday traditions, I think, kind of come up a lot at this time of year. Everybody has them, no matter whether you celebrate Christmas or not. I'm not trying to be like, I'm not even Christian, y'all. I just live in the United States and Christmas is like our thing, um, even if you're not Christian. Sorry, Christians. Um, but And then also getting frustrated easily or experiencing a hard time finding pleasure, perhaps due to being overly mature and traditional. So if you can let, if you're having a hard time finding pleasure, maybe you let go of some of that attachments to rigidity, structure, you know, just see what works. But the Sagittarius energy then will be a little bit more um, visionary, a little bit more like grandiose, indulgent is like the biggest word. So the negative, sorry, I just stopped the recording. I don't know if it's going to, this might be a pain in the ass later. Um, and I'll just cut this part out if it is. But I stopped the recording because I heard somebody coming up my driveway and I live, like there should be nobody coming up my driveway. I live in a holler middle of nowhere anyway but it was just my neighbor they're just not usually home at this time of day um so I'm like a, I told my husband I'm like a paranoid mountain billy goat every time somebody comes up the driveway I like call him and like do you know this person should be coming here uh, and sometimes he does anyway um so anyway back to what I was saying the Sagittarius energy is like um it might make you a little bit more careless with your investments. Or it could go the other way, especially if you really were working with that Capricorn energy. So this is what I'm saying. The distortion can be up or down um, in terms of how the energy expresses itself, if there's an extra lot of it or not enough of it. So um, if you... It's kind of funny, though. In January, like, a lot of us have been extravagant throughout the kind of Sag season in December as all these planets are moving into Sagittarius and things get really extravagant feeling um, through December and we've been probably like blowing money, uh, partying, whatever and then January we're like oh shit time to buckle down right? Um, so so you might experience that and that's what I'm saying this is just one thing going on in the sky like if if your experience isn't matching what I'm saying um that would warrant a look into your birth chart to see what experience, what um, energies are manifesting a little bit more heavily for you based on what kind of karmas you have at play in your birth chart, um, what things have a little bit more of a heavy influence for you because all the planets, as they start trickling into Capricorn in January, might have a bigger influence for you than this Venus retrograde. But I do think this Venus retrograde will be something that we'll all feel a lot, um, especially because it only happens every 18 months. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it can make you feel extravagant. It can make you feel indulgent. It can make you feel expansive, visionary. It can also bring about superficial interests. Um, so that's kind of another negative. So if it makes you, if it makes you really visionary, that's probably a good thing. And you can just like, Work with that energy while you have it. Jot some stuff down. Get some ideas for when you're not feeling as visionary. Although, I will say, especially as Jupiter moves into Pisces later this year, you might experience um, a resurgence of that energy for a little bit. We'll cover that when we get there. But also, if you want to learn more about that, it is also in the planner. Um, so, yeah, just be careful with your investments throughout January. Be careful of being super superficial. Um, if you do feel extravagant and indulgent, just kind of like lean into it. Work with it while you can't like, yeah, it's okay. Um, same thing with, you know, if that ventures into just trying not to be careless with your investments. I don't want you to go broke, um, you know. So just be on the lookout for that energy playing out through January as Venus retrogrades through Sagittarius. And then... It might stabilize a little bit when Venus goes direct, but it will still be in Sagittarius through February-ish. Um, so general remedies. Oh, 
first before I talk about general the the remedies I've come up with are for the entire transit. So for wallets with wallets in Capricorn. Um, oh, and I also should mention Saturn is in Capricorn still, while Venus is retrograding through Capricorn. So that um, adds to the dutiful structured energy, just kind of exacerbates it some more. Um, and then worth noting, worth mentioning here, I will cover the Mercury retrograde um, in the January Outlook episode coming out in a couple weeks. And then also for like when it happens that week, I'll, I'll cover it more in detail too. But it's worth mentioning here because what Mercury does is it exacerbates the energy of whatever. Like when Mercury moves into a, into a sign, rarely is it by itself because Mercury, Venus, and the Sun kind of move together a lot. Um, like within a few days of each other, they usually move. And so when Mercury is, it governs things like communication and thought. Um, like rational thought, not like emotional thought, but because um, emotional thought would be more of the moon, the moon's territory. But um, so it does govern those things. But what happens when Mercury is in a sign with another planet, it just raises the energy of that planet. It like it's like a little helper friend and it just um, boosts up the energy of that planet. And so then when they're both retrograde, that's just going to throw a monkey wrench in things. It's going to be a little bit... Um, it could exacerbate it some more. And so that happens on January 15th. So be on the lookout for that. That um, you might, that might be another time that you see like X's popping up again, like that kind of stuff, um, especially towards the end of the transit. So January 15th until Venus goes direct on the 29th. And I believe Mercury goes direct on like February 2nd, but I could be wrong about that. I didn't write it in my notes. It's in the planner. Um, so, um, yeah, and then it just might also kind of distort your thinking around some of these things, just in a nutshell. We'll cover it more later. Um, so general remedies for the whole transit are cultivating presence through art and expressive activities. So using those kind of activities, whether that's like actually physically making art, arts and crafts, or um, doing some kind of expressive dance, expressive movement practice that is feels like an, uh, an artistic, creative expression for you. Honestly, that's what um, that's why I like flow yoga. It feels really um, like a creative expression for me, more so than hatha yoga. Hatha yoga feels a little bit like robotic. Um, the kind of like. Now step back to your front of your mat. Now step your left leg back. We're going to do triangle. Now step back to the front of your mat and step your right leg back. To me, the flowing um, creative movements that you can create through vinyasa feels like an expressive, like when I practice by myself. And honestly, with the classes I lead to, I try to add that creative expression in. So something like that, whether it's actually physically creating art, maybe it's just singing and dancing in your kitchen or your living room or your car. You know, something that helps you be really present in the moment in a creative way. Whatever that looks like for you, that's going to be a really good use of this energy. And then also, again, like I mentioned, the whole time, not just while Venus is in Capricorn, and maybe even especially when Venus retrogrades back into Sagittarius because you won't have that Capricorn and Saturn energy kind of boosting up your want or need to be structured, um, creating structure around your creative pursuits can be really helpful to not feel like you feel a creative block or even structure around your relationships and especially your communication patterns in your relationships, especially before Mercury goes retrograde because it's just going to get harder. If you're having some communication breakdown in your relationships and you want to adjust those during this period while Venus is retrograde through Capricorn would be a good time to work on that or at least get the ball rolling on that um, before it, especially before it joins Mercury retrograde on the 15th of January. Um, so yeah, create space for inspiration to strike, create space for good communication to happen, especially in your relationships um, and foster harmony in your relationships. So review what's working and what isn't in your relationships could especially be your communication structures or your habits in relationship, um, 
your ways of indulging together, um, things like that. Look into that during this time. And then also, I didn't write this on my notes, but um, it's really important to think in terms of your relationship to abundance. So have you been overspending? Could you treat yourself a little bit more? I don't know what the answer is for you. I'm happy to help you sort through it with a reading, but maybe you could just think through it on your own and decide, have you been a little too extravagant? Do you need to rein yourself in? Could you stand to um, treat yourself a little bit more? I don't know. It depends. Like I don't, there's not a blanket statement for me to make here for everybody. So now, as always, we will get into the yoga practices and journal prompts. And then so if you are on the membership, you'll just stay listening to get to the sign by sign. If you're not, go sign up for the membership so you can get it. Um, but the yoga practices and journal prompts will be good for everybody. This is a general interpretation on how to work with this energy for everybody and then the sign by sign will be a little bit more insight on what area of life this might be affecting for you based on your rising and moon sign. Okay? So the yoga practices are number 1, the Lakshmi mantra, any Lakshmi mantra you like, but um because Venus is ruled by the goddess Lakshmi, um yeah, I'll link something in the notes of one that I really like. Um, but just practicing that and especially practicing that with mala beads. It, I was looking to see if I have mine um, handy so I could show you on the video if you are. But mala beads, they look like a rosary bead or like prayer beads. They're similar concept we see across a lot of cultures. There's 108 of them. And then one big gigantic one called the guru bead. Sometimes it's like a tassel or something or just like a bigger bead. And so what you do is you hold it between your thumb and middle finger and you use your index finger to count. And so you hold one bead, the one you'll start with the one right next to the guru bead, the big bead with the tassel on it usually. Um, and you hold there and you say the mantra once and then you use your index finger to slide the next bead in between your thumb and middle finger and you say the mantra again. And you just go around using the beads as a counting tool um, so that you say the mantra 108 times because that's how many beads there are. Some of them, like the one I have, have different color bead markers every, like, I think mine is 27, but some of them are even like 9 or 12 um, because those are the kind of increments. If you can't do 108, you want to do some increment of 9 or 12. Um so, or three, really, like even three would be fine. Three, six, nine. Um, yeah. So, so you could do that. You don't have to do it 108 times, but if you wanted to, I've never explained a mala practice before on my podcast, either of my podcasts. So I figured it'd be a good time to explain that. Um, and then also, and so in my opinion, the kind of yoga practices, if you can, if you want to do second and fourth chakra work, because Technically, I think most astrologers are in consensus that Venus governs the heart chakra, which is the fourth chakra, because it's like your love. But I also think it's second chakra because that's your sexuality, your creativity. Um, I think doing work with either of those things, especially if you kind of do some introspection and decide which one needs more help for you personally, um, maybe creativity... And that kind of stuff isn't a problem for you. Um, and maybe like genuine real love is the is the harder piece. I don't know. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're full of love, but you're feeling creatively blocked. So creativity, sexuality, things like that. Second chakra, sacral chakra. Um, fourth chakra is heart chakra. So things like love and compassion, um, self-compassion even. So you could, I, it is my intention that one day I'll have like, especially for the members that you can just go and search yoga practices based on these topics as I bring them up, but I don't have that right now. So that's what you can use YouTube for or whatever. Just ask me. I'm happy to, um, tell you, but this podcast episode is already getting long, so I don't want to take up any more of your time. 
But if you ask me, I'm happy for you to take up my time. I'm going to be on the road to Florida tomorrow. And I'll be vacationing, so just message me. I'll be around. I'll respond to your messages. Um, so, um, and then also intuitive movements. So if you just want to do a practice that's just like, I'm just going to move with my breath and let my breath lead my movements. It can be challenging, but the more you practice it, um, just doing some kind of intuitive movement type practice will be a really good way to work this energy into your yoga practice, your asana practice specifically. Um, and then here are your journal prompts. Number one, how can I connect with the wisdom of my heart? And what are ways to make me feel supported in following the messages of my heart? And then number two, do I feel empowered by the relationships I keep? If not, how can I create more balance? So I will have those written down in the notes for the members. A little privilege, another little privilege you'll get for being a member. If you don't want to have to scroll back and listen for me to say it again, join the membership and they'll just be in the show notes for you to revisit at your leisure. Um, so this is where if you are in the membership, you'll just keep playing through um, to hear your sign by sign. If you're not, Thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad you're here. If you have any questions, please reach out to me in any of the ways you find in the show notes. You can email me, rosemaryyogiscopes.com. You can message me on social media. My handle on all of them is yogiscopes, just like this podcast, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S. Thanks so much for being here.